And I'm Jace. Uh, for anyone who listened last time, you'll be probably surprised to hear Willie's voice because I did cast him out of the podcast after his little um, glee blooming exposition. I've let him off this time. I've let him back on. Um, but just so you know, Will, any more glee talk and that's it, mate. You're done. Finished. Is this my, am I on written notice now? That's it, mate. I'll call it the first warning if you like. And uh, right. next time, that's it. It's going to be uh, formal proceedings will be taken. Yeah. Just so you know. But if it's anything like my work anyway, um, this is just a verbal warning. I've still got the written warning to come and then... The second written warning. Stuff. So I think I'll be I'll bringing be HR in, mate. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I think I've got at least another five or six incidents in me before I get kicked off. Yeah, we'll see. So, we'll see, mate. Go on then. Um, I'll let you start this week, mate. What have you been up to? Uh, anything good? Well, I've been up to a few good things, mate. First off... I'm not going to go on about it for too long, but as you heard on the last episode, me and Midge are doing the FIFA tourney, which has got off to a good start. Most of the fixtures have been played and stuff, but I also played against um, Lethal G-Man at FIFA, and if anyone was listening a few weeks ago, he was on kind of bragging about how he'd beat me at FIFA. Do you remember, Jace? Yes, of course I do. He's bit your nemesis, isn't he? A little bit, yeah. I've got a few nemesis, to be honest with you. Which generally just translates to people who can beat me at FIFA and I want to keep playing them to get better than them. Yeah. But um, yeah, we played a couple of rematches just to get to get back into it. And we played two matches and we both won one each. So we decided to play a decider. And I started, I got a bit too overconfident and I had announced that if I won, I was going to rub it in on the podcast to Gary. But he had said, well, in that case... Um, I've got to announce if I get beat, and unfortunately I get beat. Of course you got so. beat, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gets spurred on by the idea of me having to come on and admit and defeat. So. Oh dear. But so I still, your I'm, losing streak continues then, yeah? Yeah, well at least I won my league game, so, but I've got, to, I'll, I'll have to play him at some point in this league, and I'm definitely going to be bringing it. <laughs> well, well, I look forward to listening to you uh, tell us about how you lost again, mate. So, yeah, there it is. <laughs> How's, how many people did you get on the old FIFA tournament in the end, anyway? Twelve, including me and Midge, so we got an extra ten bodies for it. Well, that's not too bad. It's just for something that's run over Twitter, that's all right. Yeah, uh, I think that's the the key thing about it. I think it's, it's really easy to get a hold of people on Twitter. Although, it would appear that I have no idea how to send out an email with an attachment and lost the rules, so I've had to retype out the rules tonight, so this is accounting for an extra week being added on to the leak, the first fixture. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, it should be good. I think it's going to last us about 11 weeks. Well, 12 now because we've got this extra one, but so it should do us all the way for the next few months now. That's should be good. There's no prize involved yet. Maybe the next tournament we can sort out something like that, but this was more of a tester thing. No, if it and works, mate, and you've got a manageable number and it all seems to work out, then uh, why not? Yep. And I'll keep people mildly like informed of, of how well it's going, and maybe people, other people get involved in the next one. But moving on from FIFA, um, I've also been playing Far Cry still. 
still battling through it. Yeah, it's a big game, mate. Um, I think last time I pointed out that I'd spent what like close to fourteen hours over the over one weekend just collecting all the like collectibles on one island, unlocking all the the, the little towers to expand the map and stuff like that. And that was just the first island. So I got everything finished. Completely 100% did everything on the first island. Crafted every item and stuff like that. So I've played quite a bit of the story now. And I think I'm at the halfway point. So this is, what, three weeks on now? And I'm only halfway through the game. Not for want of trying. I mean, if you look at my Raptor each week, I've got at least 10, 15 hours on it. So it's a pretty meaty game. And I'm actually finding the story to be quite substantial as well. But I've now moved on to the second island, so... I've probably got about 14 hours worth of exploring that as well to go before I can move on. <laughs> but yeah, I've been playing more of that. There's not really much else to say about it at the moment. Or maybe by the next time I'll probably have finished it and I can maybe tell people what I thought overall. Who is the story of that quite engaging on that? Is it um, is it is it a decent story? I know some of the stories like Far Cry 2, I think the story was a bit poor. But is this one like a proper good story as well? Well, yeah. I think I, I touched on this last week. You've got the whole thing where all the the members of your like your, your group of friends and family, it would appear, have all been kidnapped, and you're the one that manages to get away. And you're obviously quite handy, so like it's your kind of task to go about and rescue all your family members or all your all your friends and stuff like that. As but you would. At the same time, there's like a kind of sub story going on. At first, it's a sub story. Where the people of the island um, see something in your tattoo and believe that you're a warrior that was prophesied to come and save them from the, the mercenaries that are, that are there. And now as I'm coming to the halfway point in the story, I've kind of finished off, I've come to the conclusion, I'm not going to say what it is, I've come to the conclusion of the whole what happened with your mates and stuff like that. And now the, the story about the people on the island, what they think of you and stuff like that, that's now moved into the foreground, and that's the main story now. And it's all about nice. trying to be the saviour of this island and get revenge on the people who took so much away from you. But it's really good. It's, it's quite deep as well, I'm finding now. They're going to very much get into the whole idea that you, you're not a soldier when you start this off, and how easy you've taken to killing people, and your character's actually touching on the fact that he's enjoyed it a few times and stuff like that. So it's, it's making you think a little bit as well. Nice, nice. But yeah, as I say, I've, I've spoke about most of this last week, so I'll, I'll just give an update once I've finished it, which hopefully should be the next time we record. After that, I got myself a copy of The Cave. Everyone's playing this at the minute, aren't they? And no wonder, mate. Uh, it's really good. I don't know, do you like things like... Uh, I don't think you've even played Braid, or uh, Limbo's probably the biggest similarity, I would say. Did you, you've not played any of those, have you? I've played Braid. Um, I haven't played Limbo. I've, I think I've played the demo of it, but I didn't really like it that much. Um, we have played a demo of the cave when we were at Eurogamer as well, though, didn't we? Did you play it with me? I couldn't remember that. I, I, I played it because, remember, you were playing with... Uh, was it Chazzy you were playing with or something? Yeah. And uh, I was. I went on and uh, played a bit on my own um, on a machine by, right by the side of you, but you were too engrossed to notice. No, I didn't enjoy this at Eurogamer. Uh, it was one of the ones I wasn't going to go for. Because if you remember rightly, the demo broke for me. It wouldn't switch characters for me. So, oh, considering that that's one of the main mechanics in the game, is your ability to switch between characters at will, 
it was pretty. I didn't get the best experience, but I don't know what made me decide. But I had some extra points, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I bought it, and it's it's great. The idea is, you know, you get your seven different characters that all have their own little backstories and stuff like that. You have to pick three of these characters to take into the cave with you, and you go through a set of like generic challenges that use three people to play them. Like obviously, there's your first one where there's the bridge that's only built to carry two people. So once you stand the third person on the bridge, it will break, and then that's when you get to go further into the cave and stuff like that. But there's a lot more of like having one person stand at a switch and pull it while someone else goes over by that door and does something there, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. But the best part of the game is each character, and I didn't notice this until quite far on, each character has an individual ability um, by pressing the Y button. So the, the characters I've chosen, I'm still in the middle of my first playthrough, but I think I'm coming close to the end now. But the characters I've chosen are the Knight, the Time Traveller, and the Twins, which are a bunch of creepy little horrible kids. <laughs> um, but so the knight's ability is he can become invincible but he can't move so like, you can um, stand in one place with the knight so the, this can come in handy for the likes of if you need an enemy to be distracted you can stand the knight in front of him become invincible and then switch characters so that, that person will just stand there and keep trying to kill your knight while someone else sneaks around the back or how else I used them was there's like a a drop, like a, an incredibly like long drop with flames all the way through it that you can basically drop down and become invincible to get through it. Um, time traveler can shift, like teleport a meter and a half forward, which doesn't sound like the most useful ability, but there's some like kind of cages or doors that have little holes in them that no one else can fit through, but you can kind of shift through them to the other side. And the kids have the ability to leave like a little corporal, corporeal. Yeah, <laughs> you know we love this one. <laughs> well, those of us who can say it properly, corporeal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they leave a little corporeal um, shadow of themselves, so you can like pull a switch and then leave the shadow to pull the switch and go and walk away from it. Kind yeah. of thing. Uh, so this leads to certain areas where these characters can only reach by themselves. And it'll be like an entire puzzle, just based on those characters. So, I mean, I'm not going to tell you them all, but I will use an example. So, the, my favourite one so far has been the Time Traveller. So, at one point you're going through all the different genetic three-person three puzzles in the cave, but suddenly you come across this bit that's blocked by stalactites and stalagmites coming up as well. And you can shift through as the Time Traveller, using the teleport. And suddenly you find a time machine, which obviously none of the other characters can get through to you. But suddenly you've got a puzzle that goes across three time periods. Oh. So like in the future you've got a museum where the time traveller works. And there's a guy who's employee of the month and who's always employee of the month. And the time traveller pretty much doesn't like him for that. And your duty is to try and ruin this person. That's, that's your, the point of this puzzle. So you get three time periods where, when you even when you go to prehistoric, the prehistoric age, there's a relative of the time traveller back then that you have to try and murder. 
so that he can never be employee of the month. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> the, the, the kind of themes always like this. Um, none of the characters are particularly nice. Do you know what I mean? It's every single one seems to be like stories of their sins and stuff like that. So I don't know if there's going to be a re- resolution at the end of it or anything. But it's it's pretty nifty game. Um, I had a mate over on Saturday who wasn't keen at first, but after sitting for for maybe half an hour, forty minutes watching me playing it, had suddenly got into it and was like saying, "Oh, why don't you try this? Why don't you?" Do-? But it's quite good. It's a lot of the puzzles revolve around like picking up this item and bringing it here and. Do you know what I mean? Just doing things in the right order. I noticed that but from the demo, actually. It, pretty... I knew where things had to go, but doing them in the right order was was the, the the right thing, and then using the right people in the right places. There was a lot to that puzzle sort of thing. It was quite layered. Sometimes it can be a bit... You know what I mean? some point-and-click games, especially some of the older ones, what you had to use would, would be a bit vague, and it's like... How the hell would I know to use this item here? Do you know what I mean? It's like you would have to just keep trying everything everywhere. Yeah. Sometimes there's a bit of that going on, but often I find by the end of it, I'm like, ah, that makes total sense. Yeah, once you get into the heads of the devs and you and you see the way they're using things. Yeah, to, to give another example, because I've already kind of spoiled the, the time travels button, as I say, I'm not going to spoil any others. Th- there is a puzzle that you need petrol or oil to fuel something in the future. And you actually need to kill a dinosaur in the past and then come to the same spot in the future where it's now turned into crude oil. <laughs> I'm not sure dinosaurs did you know turn I mean? into oil, but yeah, okay. I know, I know, but it's just, just the yeah, idea of it. Um, and it kind of, afterwards, I was like, ah, now that, I, I kind of see what, it, what what happened now, do you know what I mean? But at the time, it took me so long to figure it out because I was like, how the hell am I going to make oil? Where am I going to get oil from? And it was just through doing something else that I ended up killing the dinosaur and coming across the oil. And I was like, ah, that makes sense now. So there's a lot of that going on in the game where it might not make sense at the time, but once it's done, you're like, ah, how stupid of me. Yeah. I mean, but I, I totally recommend it. One one thing I am a bit, not upset about, but one thing I'm not keen on is this is a game that should be built for co-op. Don't you think? We said this at the time when when we played the demo um, at Eurogamer. If you remember, I was speaking to one of the guys who was there from the dev team, and uh, we were talking about co-op and that, and saying, "Look, co-op could really work for this." And he was like, "No, it's not going to come out as co-op. It's all, um, or certainly not online co-op. If it was, and it, it just seemed." Um, as I walked away from the stand, that was my main bugbear with the game, and I haven't forgotten that part of it—the fact that there was no co-op, and it couldn't be split-screen co-op. It wouldn't work because some of the puzzles are so that some of the areas are so large with so much detail. I think it would be ruined by splitting up. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd have to be that sort of co-op where you where you're tied to the same screen. You can only go so far from each other. But um, a lot of games do but that, that that's well. The where where it's well, out well, a bit, and you can have a bit more distance between you and stuff like. That. Yeah, but let's use the the time travel one for an example. Um, all three of my characters were in different time periods to get things done. So I would have like. The time traveler in the prehistoric age, I would have the night in the present, and I would have the the kids in the future, just so that you can affect things in the past. Like by doing things in the past, you can then quickly switch to one of the other characters and go to the same spot and do whatever needed to be done. You, could, I don't think, I don't know how you could do that with like without doing split screen. Mm. Perhaps you know that's I mean? the limitation. Perhaps they they tried it and it didn't work with the way they put some of the puzzles in. Yeah. 
It's a, it's a fair point if that's the case. It could work with online co-op, though. Do you know what I mean? You could, you could totally have, like, coordinate with each other and do stuff. It, it could work, I think. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Um, also, I think it's a game that could definitely do, have DLC as well. Because all you need to do is just add in. Because as I say, if you go through it, there's, it's generic levels, and then suddenly you come across one that's clearly made for like, one of the characters you have with you. All you would have to do is add in another couple of characters and another couple of these levels to just randomly generate into the game. So I'll be looking forward to that if they bring out anything, because Double Fine's usually quite quite good with DLC. They usually bring stuff out. Well, it sounds like you've had good fun with it, mate, and uh, everyone else has been talking about it on uh, the Twitters and stuff and getting loads of love, so fair play to Double Fine, yeah. I read a book, Jess. Did you read a book or did you listen to no. a book on an audiobook? <laughs> It's the same for you, isn't it? <laughs> I got round to reading Halo Thursday War. Now, I've read a few books over the past couple of months. I don't talk about all of them, but I think this one's specifically significant because I spoke about um, Halo Grasslands in an earlier podcast as well. Or Glasslands, I can't even remember what it's called. Glasslands. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm entirely... Yeah. I'm not sure I'm entirely keen on this new trilogy that they're doing. Now, where's this trilogy set? Give us, give us a bit of um, a bit of exposition. Well, this is after, this is like several years after Halo Three, after Master Chief goes missing, and book-wise, this takes place just after Ghost of Onyx, which is was the last in the series of books by Eric Nyland, mm-hmm. which is the best in the Halo series. I mean, you've read Fall of Reach, and you've, you've read the kind of quality that he brings yep. to it. Um. These are by Karen Travis, who's also just as kind of um, revealed by fans. She, she, I think she did a lot of the um, Gears of War books, and I think she's famous as being a, a Star Wars author. Okay. But I'm not keen on it, because every other book up to this point has always had some sort of... Um, there's something they're fighting towards. I can't see... Right, just to put it into perspective, the idea is, the crux of the story is, they're, they're trying to create, this is a, a special unit sent by Oni, like, with a couple of, with an ex-Spartan and some ex-ODSTs that have all been put into this task force, and their job is to try and create a civil war within the, the elite's culture, but, yeah, it's great, and we're finding out new things about Forerunners, and there's a lot of the stuff's linking up to Halo 4. You're hearing a lot more about the didact, and they mentioned uh, what's the name of the place you go to in Halo Four? Uh, Requiem. Re- Requiem. They mentioned Requiem at one point in the book as well. The character Julian Dama, who you're seeing in a lot of the Spartan Ops, he's the main protagonist in this book as well. So yeah, there's a lot of links. The and protagonist stuff. or I'm the just antagonist? The antagonist. Sorry. Yes. But I just don't think feel as if there's anything at stake. They've got Infinity, they've got a full fleet of starships, and the elites have don't have a clue how to fend for themselves and can't fix any of their ships. So we've got them crippled, and the point of the story is to try and like dishonestly create dissent in amongst them, even though the rest of humanity is trying to create peace with them. And it's just one of those stories where I'm like, I just couldn't really care less. Mm. Especially because I know... What comes next with the didact and in Halo Four, and I know there is more more at stake to come. I just feel as if the story is very boring. 
Although the characters are quite good, because as I say, you've got an ex-Spartan in it. One of the original Spartans with Master Chief, who's leading up the unit. And you've got some ODSTs, and some of the banter's good between some of the characters and stuff like that. But I just think it's, it's far flung from the old Eric Nyland books for me. And I don't even like it as much as I like the Forerunner trilogy, which I'm not too keen on either. So, I don't know, I'm starting to lose my faith in the Halo books, mate. Well, you can only keep it going for so long, mate, can't you? And um, I don't know. Perhaps they'll redeem themselves in the next one. You can, you can yeah. but hope. Yeah. Um, if anyone else is reading it, give me a shout and see. Tell me what you think. But maybe you can give me some more insight into it that I've missed. But it saddens me. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, I ordered a few box games this month. I mean, tabletop like games. Card games, stuff like that. Yes, tabletop games. That's the word I was looking for. So, I'm not going to talk about them all right now because I didn't get a chance to play them all. But what I will talk about is I got a copy of Cards Against Humanity. It's about time one of us did. Now, this has been on Amazon. This has been as expensive as £110 up until very recently. And a quick check of Amazon just last month showed that it was going for £30. Nice. So I, I snapped the copy up. Well, it's only been the price that's holding us back before. I would say that it was really um, expensive before, and we really wanted a copy. But there's no way I was trying to ship a copy over for that much, mate. No way. And it sounds like somebody's come to some sense. Yeah, I don't know if it's because they've got a UK distributor or something like that. I don't know if it will go back up to being expensive at some point. I couldn't tell you. I just knew. I seen it was down in price. I've always wanted it, so I got a copy. I've only had one chance to play it so far, but it's went down a treat. I brought it to my staff night out on Friday night, and we actually went about an hour and a half playing it in the pub with no one buying any drinks. No, I imagine none of these people have heard of the game before. This was brand new to all these people, was it? Yes, yes, so I brought it to, to all these people. And, yeah, we had one kind of slightly... Pers- one person who was... Not saying anything about what other people were putting down, but was refusing to put down anything too offensive. <laughs> Doing it <And> wrong. <laughs> as it turned out, she didn't get any cards. <laughs> she didn't get any points. Yeah. So, look, just uh, for anybody who doesn't know um, about Cards Against Humanity, obviously loads of people do, but um, essentially it's a card game where you've got questions and answers or sentences with gaps in, um, and they're on the black cards. That's right. Um, and each player is dealt a number of white cards which can be put in as the answer to the question or as parts of the sentence that's that's built there. Um, there's a random variety of different things on these cards um, and some of them, if they, you pair them together, the right question answer can be really quite offensive and really quite horrible, but it's all in the spirit of the game. Yeah. As I say, it went down a treat. I've never seen anyone attempt to play this game and not have a lot of fun with it. And uh, there's a way to play it online, isn't there? Jace, I don't remember what the link is, but all you need to do is type in a uh, um, search engine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> type in uh, your search engine of choice, Cards Against Humanity Online. And what is it? It's like it's Zizzy or something, or something like that, isn't it? XXYY yeah. or something like that. They've talked about it on the AI, AI bots before and on uh, Tim Gutty, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but I take a little look at it and. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Obviously, it's much better playing it in a kind of situation where you've got physical, real people sitting round about you 
and maybe having a little drink as well because people's inhibitions have dropped. That's the problem online. You don't unless you're doing a, a video call. You, you don't get to see people's reactions to stuff and that. And that, I imagine that yeah. brings a lot to it that I haven't actually seen yet because I haven't actually played it other than the online version. Plus, there's the whole thing when we were playing it. You've got someone reading it all out. Whereas when you're playing it online with people, everyone's kind of silent because we're just reading the cards ourselves. But there's, a lot comes from the person having to read out these ridiculous answers. <laughs> but um, I'll definitely be bringing it and some of the other games that I got along to the next event that we, we're going to. So we can kind of report on it then. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to uh, get hands-on with it, mate, and play it properly and uh, just really... Make people's faces turn up when I've come out of real dark shit. So, the last thing I want to talk about is probably the most exciting. Oh, I've been waiting for um, this one. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it either. No, you are not. Now, I got early access to go and see Wreck-It Ralph yeah. at the cinema. And by early access, I mean, I mean, what, what date is this right now, Jess? Uh, today we are on the 3rd of February. And it's not out till the 8th, it's, is it? Yeah. The 22nd of January I've seen this on, and it doesn't come out until the 8th. But, yes, Wreck-It Ralph, what a movie. Uh, I, I will say, the only, as vaguely as I can, I think the story can be a bit childish. Like It's not like your um, the Disney Pixar movies, you know, that whole like, toy story and stuff like that, where they can... They can be quite entertaining to adults as well as kids. Yeah. The, the humour in it. There's not a lot of that in it. It's, it's all very kiddish. But what you will get from it is the game references. Yeah, that's the bit I'll be looking which, forward to. Yeah, you've seen the trailer, haven't you? Yes. Um, the whole. In fact, I think we spoke about this a few weeks ago. But yeah, the licensed like, Nintendo, Sega, Capcom characters that are all in the, in the movie. They're not in it as much as I would like them to be, but... There is a presence all the way through the movie of all these different references, so there's a lot to look look out for, and especially watch the backgrounds in yeah. the scenes. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what that's one thing I will say. Take a look at the walls. Take a look at people walking around in the background, things like that, and you'll probably get a lot more references than me. Because there's a lot of older games in there and stuff. Yeah, um, as I say, we already spoke about what the story was couple of weeks ago and told people to look out for watch the trailer. All I can say is it's it, it's heartwarming and it, it was a great little story. As I said, maybe a bit kiddish but just I can't recommend enough how this movie and how great the, the little references will make you feel watching it mate. Wicked. But I don't know what else I can say without ruining it for people considering it's a film that isn't even out yet. Yeah it's difficult. Um I was actually out down the shops today, and I went into the Disney shop, and they've got all the merchandise out there and stuff. You're talking about being uh, aimed at the kids and that. The merchandise we saw was very... Um, it seemed quite girly from a lot of the things that were out. There was um, a, lo- a lot of little figures and that, um, all in pink boxes, and that aimed at the girls. There didn't seem to be a lot um, of boyish sort of stuff there. And The, the thought I had was, um, because... They've got the computer game characters and stuff in there. There must be a licensing nightmare in terms of merchandise because they can't use these other companies' characters and stuff within the merchandise. Um, they can only use their own specific IP that they've made for the film. It must be a blooming absolute nightmare to try and sort it out. 
Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, can you imagine going to the Disney shop for a Zangief figure? Yeah, or a Cubit or a something like that. Yeah, so I, I see what you mean. Yeah, that was just something that instantly sprang to mind when I, when I saw it. Like the 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 thing for me, it was it was a, a movie about um, games and stuff, and there wasn't any sort of game reference going on within the merchandise that was out. Yeah, well, there's a lot of this goes on in the story because I don't know. Is Re- Wreck It Ralph's not a real game? Is it not? No, no. It's just it's just kind of made up for the game for the movie. You've got that. You've got as I say, anyone who's seen the trailer. If if anyone doesn't want to hear anything, maybe. Skip ahead a minute or so, but you've got the hero's duty world that they go into, which is not even a a, a, a riff on Call of Duty. It's more a Halo or Gears of War kind of style world that they go into, and you've got like a kind of strange kart racing game that they go into. But none of these are licensed games. Okay, so they're just generic, um, like a Mario Kart style or a. Gears style sort of game. Yeah, I can't help but thinking of the paid for all these reference, all these um, all these different licenses to be in the, the movie. And you've got so many characters from so many different companies. Um, I can't help but thinking, why not go the full distance and put some actual games into it? Yeah, I think it's all driven by money, and that isn't it. Like yeah. I say, if if they use too many of other people's IP. Then to put out the merch, they've got to pay more um, to pay pay more out and stuff um, in terms of the licensing. So uh, it probably is a money based decision to do that. Yeah, but as I say, that's the that's the place where I feel that they've missed the trick, especially the kart racing one, which is as you you were saying about the whole girly thing. The kart racing one feels like a very girly game, and I'd say about seventy percent of the movie takes place in there. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Because that the crux of the story takes place in that world. So I couldn't help but watching it and thinking this would have been awesome if it had been Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But what are you going to do, eh? <laughs> but it was still good, though, mate. It was still good. And there's uh, still enough in there for the gamers to go and see. We're not going to miss out. I think it's definitely a movie for the kids, as I say, but... We're all going to love it. If you bring your kid along to it, you're going to get a massive kick out of the, the references and stuff like that. That's going to be your thing. Cool. Do you know what I mean? And I wouldn't discourage anyone who doesn't have a kid from going to see it as well. Do you know what I mean? But I just don't think you're going to get the same amount from it as you would from a Toy Story movie or a Shrek movie or something like that. But it's good that you've uh, got to see this early, I think, and give people a bit of a, a bit of an insight like that because it, it might turn a few people off or it might uh, turn a few more people on to go and watch it. It's good. Thanks, do, mate. All I would say is do not be put off going to see this movie. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Even if it's just one time you watch it, and even if it is just for the references, watch it. You're going to enjoy it. Anyone who's a gamer, and I'm guessing you are if you're listening to our podcast, is going to get a kick out of this in some way. <laughs> awesome. But that's, that's a bit it for me, mate. I've not got much else to talk about. What about you? Well... <laughs> I'm not even going to repeat myself, mate. I'm going to turn into the uh, Console Ninja's iOS correspondent, I think. So I'm going to talk just iOS this week. I'm not even going to mention playing Halo because people are bored of me saying that's all I ever play. You've been playing Halo? Yeah, I like, I like Halo, mate. Um, <laughs> I like shooting things and sticking things with stickies. Anyway, um, enough of that. iOS, right then. 
talking references as you were in uh, Wreck-It Ralph, I've found a game which is just brimming with references and it's fantastic. I know you've been playing it because I had to get you on it straight away. So the game to which I'm referring is The Wonderful Knights of Pen and Paper. So this game is um, it's a little pixel art adventure type game. The way it plays out for me, the, the way I see it is you are playing um, a group of people who are playing something like Dungeons and Dragons, a pen and paper sort of adventure game. You control some of the actions of the Dungeon Master and you also control the actions of the people playing the game. So you, you're seeing both sides of the table and you, you can affect both sides of the table. The beauty of the game is that it's full of references. If I just start off with the, the selection of dungeon masters you can choose from, um, <laughs> you've got one who is quite clearly Doc Brown from Back to the Future. You've got one that's the comic book guy from Simpsons. You've got one that's uh, Master Splinter from the Turtles. I love that one. <laughs> one that's blatantly the dungeon master from the old Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. And the last one is... Who is it, Will? It's Yoda. That's it, it's Yoda. <laughs> I couldn't remember the last one, sorry. Yeah. The last one is blatantly based on Yoda. And obviously the names have been changed to protect the licensing and stuff like that, but you know who they are. Um, and these references crop up all the way through. So you, you go through um, the adventure game, you choose where you want to go to, at each location you'll get different quests you can take out, so you can um, do fetch quests, you can do um, killing groups of monsters, and for each of the, the things you do, you... Um, as the dungeon master side, you choose how many monsters will be in that battle. Um, and as the player side, you choose what attacks you'll use. You'll choose whether to use magic and things like that. And you upgrading your characters as you go along. Um, lots of RPG elements in there. And also, as you go through the locations, the table that you're playing around remains in place. But all the backgrounds change. So you go from being in the room where you start in the game to... Um, various locations, so if you were doing a quest that's inside a cave, the background will all change to a cave and stuff, and there'll be little things in the background, little references um, to all the different locations you go to, and that's it's really good the way it changes around, but things stay the same, um, and the table all stays the same and stuff. Yeah, I love the idea that we're playing a game, but we're playing other people playing a game, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's a, a bit, game It's a bit inception What I love about it Jace, is the characters that you select to play with. You've got a selection of the pizza guy, or your gran, or the hipster, do you know what I mean? It's just like a selection. And each person has their own little thing to bring to the game. I see you've got like a, a school teacher. She's got a, a vast array of different skills. You've got um, a nerd. Um, yeah, like you say, the pizza guy. You've got all these different types of people. They bring their own slant to it. Then you've also got classes they can play. So you've got your usual classes like your paladin, your warrior, your mage, and stuff like that. And you've got later ones you can um, unlock as well, like a hunter and a shaman and things like that. So there's loads of different classes. And the way you mix up the characters you choose um, with the classes can change your game as you go through and, and, and make the game um, different according to who you choose and stuff. But the, the main thing that, that really we love about the game is the references. I'm just going to rattle off a few of these, the references I've seen. No, not specifically, but just uh, generically say some of the references that are in there. And if you like any of these things and, and you like this, the, the, the catching of references as you go through a game, it's got to be for you. Um, so far, well, these are the ones I've seen and you might want to add to these afterwards. I've had references to Ghostbusters, Lord of the Rings. Uh, I think you said Stargate was in there as well. Uh, we've had 
Um, as I said, the Turtles and Back to the Future references are in there. Um, what else has been in there, Will? Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, Pirates of the Caribbean was in there, yeah. Particularly think, but there's a lot of kind of like role playing references as well. Yeah, there's things to there's some, certainly some references to like Final Fantasy games and stuff like that in there as yeah. well. But the, you, you, these pop up in all the different locations. There's usually at least one or two references, and uh, like when when I saw the Ghostbusters reference, you you bump into a character called Mill Burry, and <laughs> uh, he goes through the whole uh, what's the definition of bad speech and that from Ghostbusters, and that's just one of them. There's loads of references like that, and I think I'm. I'm a little bit further ahead than you. I don't even think I'm halfway through the game yet. I think there's a lot of it left to go, so there's, there's more references I haven't got to see yet. Yeah, I'm loving the whole, um, like, the way you upgrade your armour and stuff like that as well. Although, it is one of those things where set the art, the blacksmith to make something for you, you need to take a dice roll to decide whether you can make it. And how horrible is it if you've just saved up 150 gold to make a piece of armour? And you fail the dice roll, and you lose the 150 coins. Well, that's the whole thing of uh, the Dungeons and Dragons, that now, isn't it? You can yeah. lose everything on the dice roll. It's uh, what the fuck was that? Sorry, mate. That was me hitting, hitting my microphone. Yeah, that's the thing, mate. You can um, lose everything on a dice roll, and it, that that element of it's still in there and stuff. And you, you um, have got dice rolls to choose whether you get an encounter on a journey between two places, and there's just loads of things. Like, there's loads of um, different ways you can upgrade your people and that and it's really quite a good one it's not a free game i think it's 149 but really well worth it for me yes definitely it reminds me of and you had mentioned it as well jess it reminds me of the cairo soft games that we love so much mm. in fact I, I if you had told me this was a cairo soft game i would have believed you because it's the same kind of sense of humor the team behind it I'm, they're nobody i've ever heard of before but i'm certainly going to look into uh, who they are and i've actually um, one of the things I've done in the game is actually unlock the dev team as playable characters. <laughs> um, I had to do a big battle against them. There's a whole team of five. Um, all the devs are in there. And I battled against them, and now I can unlock them to sit at my table. So um, there's achievements for that as well within the game. It's pretty cool. Do they have like better abilities than most of the other characters? They've got different abilities, mate. There's certainly ones that... Um, I think there's one of the guys, you get like 20% extra experience. One of the guys has got... Um, What's he got? I don't know. I don't know without looking in the game, mate, but this, they've got their own abilities and stuff. And yeah, they might be a bit better than the standard characters. Definitely, I would I would get a hold of this, people. If you like role-playing games and you like references that are funny, just get it. 149, mate. You can't go wrong, I don't think. It's, it gets a bit fetch-questy after a while and stuff, but role-playing games do that, don't they? <laughs> yeah, it has its way of making fun of it, though, and it's not just a standard fetch quest. It doesn't feel too bad. Yeah, it's a fetch quest, but it knows it's a fetch quest, and there's, um, the humour in there is pretty good as well. So we're going to keep playing through that and um, see what other references we can come up with. Um, if anybody plays it, give us a shout and let, let us know what you've seen, and um, we can talk about it on Twitter or something. Well, right, next one on my list is um, inspired by the Game Burst show, the Game Burst Unplugged with um, Zantiriad and uh, Big Andy D that was out a couple of weeks ago. They were talking about Ticket to Ride, and we've both had this on our iOS devices for a while but we we played it a few times haven't we mate but this last week or so we've been really inspired to get in there and uh try out the europe map and all stuff like that so we've been playing lots of ticket to ride i'm not going to go in to explain the game if you want to hear more about this game i'd recommend you download the uh game burst unplug show from a couple of weeks ago and it tells you all about how to play ticket to ride and stuff 
But what I will say is it's a um, Eurostar board game, and if you like tabletop sort of gaming, um, but on your iOS device using the asynchronous multiplayer on Game Center, it's an ideal thing. Take a look at it. If you like it, invite me and Will to a game, and uh, we can talk you through it and help you out getting into uh, playing the game properly. Yeah, well, we've even um, bled over into play it on, playing it on Xbox Live, haven't we? Well, I said, well, I've had it on Xbox Live for ages and not actually played it. Um, and I know you got it not too long ago. And that's it's a decent version, mate. It's nice to play it with the chat on live and stuff. There's a couple of little issues there, aren't there, where you, you were complaining that your destinations on the screen show up the city names, and the city names are over the top of the routes, so it's, you find it a bit difficult sometimes to see the route that you're trying to go for. Yeah, it's not strictly the same as the actual board game layout, is it? Whereas the one on the iOS, it is exactly the uh, the board with all the words in the same place and everything. Yeah. But um, it's a, it's a different version on the um, on the Xbox Live. Oh, fuck, I can't kind of speak. <laughs> it's a different ver- it's a different version on the Xbox, but um, it's still very playable, man. It's still good fun. Yeah, uh, maybe the, there might be something to do with the fact that we really love the Europe map, don't we? And on the on the Xbox, it's just the standard American map that we're playing, so maybe if we get a hold of the Europe map and play that with some people. The, the one thing we did love on it was we managed to get a group of four of us the other night, didn't we, to play it? Yeah, we got the guys from Geekwad on, didn't we? And, yeah. uh, that was really good. It's a massive uh, difference in strategy that you need to take when suddenly you can have parallel routes and the map's just completely congested with trains. Yeah, you, we had at one point. I think it was you and Midge going for one side of the map. Me and uh, John were going for the other side of the map. It was just crazy. All sorts of things were going on. But I definitely recommend these things, and I'm really looking forward to playing this in, in person the next time we're at a, some sort of event. Yeah, well, I think um, there's a couple of people thinking of bringing this game down to Gplex and that um, in May. So we'll we'll have a play on there. And um, yeah, I'm really liking the old board game thing at the moment. I've been playing. Well, today, whilst uh, I was playing Ticket to Ride online with you, I was actually playing Carcassonne at home as well, like on the on the actual um, board game. So I'm, I'm quite liking the tabletop how's you, game. How's you, how are you and your family getting on with that? Because I think the first time you played it, you were telling me they weren't sure of it, but you're starting to get them into it now. Yeah, they're, they're really liking it. Um, the boy's seven, but he's really clever, so he gets the game. In fact, he's won so many times that I've lost count, to be honest with you. Um, the way he plays it, is I don't know how he wins, but he just seems to get all the points, and he's really lucky with his picks from the bag as well. He always picks the uh, the cards that he needs and stuff. Yeah. Um, but the wife's really loving it. She's um, winning more games than anybody else. She's really into it. She doesn't like it when I go hyper strategic on her and start blocking loads of things off. But um, you know, I, I, <laughs> what can you do? It's a strategic game. So how does it? Right. Here's the thing: when you're playing the board game of it. So obviously when I'm playing the free Xbox 360 or the phone version, you know you get that situation where someone puts down a castle and you can actually, it puts the little X to show you there's no tiles left to fill in that gap. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. It says you can't actually fill in that gap, yeah. yeah. Um, Do you, feel- you, you kind of get to know what pieces you've got in this one and you'll know that if something's um, got roads coming in certain directions, you're never going to be able to finish it, but... Um, it's just a chance you take. I think it's better this way, not telling you that something's in there, because you can be waiting for a piece and it will never come out because one doesn't yeah, exist. I was thinking that. The other thing is, you've got the expansions, haven't you? Yeah, we've got, uh, we're playing with two expansions at the moment. We've um, 
got the inns and cathedrals, and we've also got what's the other one? Farmers and traders, I think, is the other one we've got. Um, they've added some real good stuff to the game. Some of the castles we make now have got they're called trades or something like that. So you've got uh, barrels, you've got wheat and um, cloth. You've got these these different commodities that you can build within your castles, and it's built in a different mechanic whereby if you finish somebody else's castle. They still get their points and stuff, but you get any of the uh, tradable commodities that are actually inside their castle. Right. So the, there's another thing, and, and whoever gets the most of each type of uh, trade at the end gets extra points. So there's a few more mechanics built in. It's really good. So what does what do the ends bring into it? The ends of cathedrals one is all about um, multiplying the uh, points you get for different things. So for the roads, um, an inn on a road, if you can complete that road, you'll get double the points for it. But if you finish the game and that road isn't complete, then you score zero points. So, um, and also the the cathedrals is the same for cities. If you have a cathedral within your city and you complete it, you'll get double points for each of the tiles, or three points, I think, per tile rather than the normal two. But if you don't complete it, you don't get any points for it. So you could have a massive castle with a cathedral, not get that last piece, and end up with no points for it. Yeah, whereas you would generally at least get some points for the city. Even if you had yeah. yeah, that's... That's it, yeah. Mm, that's so there's extra little mechanics in there. It's really good. We have got another expansion, which is uh, the Princess and the Dragon. We haven't brought that one out of the box yet, because that one looks a bit, a real, a bit complicated. So we're getting our heads around these two, and um, really enjoying it, yeah. Have you... Did you see... Have you got the Rivers one? No, though. I think the Rivers is one of the mini expansions. There's a set, I think, of seven mini expansions um, that go alongside. These, these are the major expansions I've got. Um, and the minis can be added on as well, I think. Right. I was just wondering, because I know it's something that you can add to the phone version, and I've never, I've always been terrified to add any of them, because I don't know what to do, but I think I might try the Inns and Cathedrals now, because I've paid for it all anyway, so I might as well try it. Yeah, it's a good one to uh, start off with, I think. Yeah. Are you finding you're enjoying <coughs> the whole tabletop gaming thing? Um, I don't really have other people to play with, other than my family, but um, we're playing Carcassonne probably... Four, five times a week now, where we've got like right. a, a spare forty-five minutes, we'll just get it out and play a game, and um, sometimes just me and the wife play over night time, and uh, when we can get chance for the three of us to play, we, we will do. I'm quite jealous now. <laughs> I've got no one who will play these things with me. Oh, you've but well, you've got friends to play cards against humanity with, mate. So, yeah, uh, that's that. Swings yeah. and roundabouts, you know. I can't really play that with a boy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that that one aside, I'll move back to the iOS. What I've got left then. Um. Oh, one that I picked up in the week, and I, I did mention on Twitter, and I don't know who else picked it up. There's a, a little game came out, um, a little free one called Gridley, and I thought nothing of it, you know, like, it's any old game. And I think Gridley was actually an old arcade game that didn't get taken on by any of the major companies. I think it was just a, a little random arcade game that came out a long time ago. But what I didn't know without um, Googling around was, within the Gridley app, there's actually a full MAME emulator. So MAME, for anyone who doesn't know, is a multiple arcade machine emulator. So you can play lots of the old arcade games. Um, and if you use a program to get in to the right folders on your phone, you can actually import the ROMs for these arcade games actually on your phone. So the other day I was playing like R-Type Arcade and um, oh, WrestleFest and stuff like that. Yeah, you love your R-Types, don't you? Oh, definitely. And I could play R-Type Leo, which is the arcade version, which is my favourite version of any R-Type. So I've got that on my phone now. Um, so... I don't know if that's still up, because these ones that have got emulators in usually get taken down straight away. But if it's still out there and you fancy a bit of that, grab hold of it. I'm just going to quickly confirm if it's still up at the moment. 
at the time of recording, it still exists. Oh, nice one. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, grab it while you can. I'm sure they'll take it down. You know what Apple are Yeah, like. yeah. Uh, they might believe that once it's taken down, if you already have it, they can't take it away from you. That's it. Uh, even if you don't keep it on your phone, just download it now and, and uh, you can always play with it in the future if you need to. Alright, so I'll be able to go into like, my previous downloads and get it again. Yeah, because ah. once you've had that, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's like Kindle. Once they take something down, it's it's gone. I think on the App Store, once you've got something, you can get get it back again. Mm. All my stuff's backed up to my laptop as well. Anyway, means if it's saved on there, they can't take it away. It was a good shout. I'm terrified of technology, so obviously I haven't put any emulators on it yet. Um, but well, this is a, this is a good way of doing it without having to do the jailbreak or anything like that. That can be a bit daunting for people. This is literally you download a program that's free, browse a couple of folders, and drag things in. It, it couldn't be simpler. Yeah. And yeah, it's not strictly legal and stuff, but I've got my own thoughts about things like that in terms of like twenty-year-old licenses and stuff. Fair enough, mate. Yeah, anything else to talk about? Uh, the only other thing um, is. Obviously, we've still got the Ninja Challenge going on with Punch Quest. It's getting quite a lot of love, actually. There's a lot of people uh, playing on there. There's a lot of people getting involved. Um, the leaderboard's getting quite full of names, actually. So I need to uh, get a few more challenges off people to know who's within the challenge and who's just other people on the list. Um, that might be a bit of a nightmare. But keep going, everyone. Keep playing the Punch Quest. Well, we um, bring that to an end maybe next week? Yeah, I think if... We didn't have an in-between show this time round, so I think after this one we'll we'll have an in-between show next week, and uh, we'll finish it off on there. Excellent. I don't think I'm doing too well. I think I'm maybe lower than tenth now on the list. I tell you one thing though, mate. Welsh Benno's not ruling this one. He's he's not getting on too well with this. <laughs> so a part of me, a part of me celebrating that. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'm, fed up, I'm fed up of him winning, mate. Come on, H, get your finger out. Let's uh, let's let's see you getting up the leaderboard. I've tried this a few times over the past couple of weeks. Um, I, I was even trying it the other day. I can't surpass my own score that I got a while back. I think you have to put a few, uh, uh, put a good twenty minutes or so into it, mate, to, to to get a bit of a flow for it. I think. I think I got a bit of a jammy run when I first got it when the game first came out, and got a certain amount of points. And now that I've re-downloaded it, I can't match that again. But I think you're right. I think I need to just sit and concentrate on it one afternoon, and just see if I can get a decent chance at that high score. Yeah, I keep dipping in and out of it. You're not on like, mate, I'm a bit ADHD with my games on my phone. I can be playing six or seven games at any one time, I think. So uh, I'm, I'm dipping in and out. But I've got the... Um, I'm quite high up on the, on our personal leaderboard because I've been playing it for quite a long time and I've unlocked most of the stuff. So I'm going to kind of discount my score for this one for the Ninja Challenge. But um, I'm interested to see who's up there. Yeah, me too. So keep at it, guys. That's it, mate, I think. Um iOS correspondent signing off. <laughs> I don't want to talk about any more stuff. So, shall we move on to our wants and do not wants, Jess? So, do you want to go first this week, mate, with your do want? Yes, I certainly do, mate. Now, you've heard me talk about my love for Scott Pilgrim before in the past, haven't you? Yes, indeed. Now, I'm a massive fan of the comics, and the movie is my comfort movie. So I've always got it on my iPad, and it's the thing that I've almost every single time I'm making the journey back from Manchester to Glasgow, it's, I almost always watch this, because it's just the right length for the journey, and it's just the kind of thing that I can just get lost in and not look, even realise I'm on a train. 
It's it's one of my favourite things. Now, there was an arcade game for this a few years back, and even though you're not a Scott Pilgrim fan, I think you would have still loved it for the 8-bit art and the, and the okay. music and stuff like that. It's very, um, it's like the old like Streets of Rage or Golden Axe kind of thing, you know, when you've got a few people on the screen at the one time and you're just running around beating up enemies as they show up. The only difference is it's got RPG elements in it. And you level your character up, so you can jump your level 7 character in with my level 8 character or whatever, do you know what I mean? And it's kind of drop in and drop out. It was a great little game. Unfortunately, I don't have it. Um, It was, my mate was actually bringing it up on his console for us to play back back in the day, but I now have cause to buy it because there's some new DLC coming out for it. And how long is this after after it came out? Quite a bit. It's, um, I would say about at least two and a half years since Scott Pilgrim the game came out. Yeah, what they're bringing out is they're bringing out a multiplayer mode, so like we can you can verse each other with your high level characters, and obviously they're they're bringing out an extra um, an extra character as well, Wallace Wells, who's Scott Pilgrim's gay roommate and possibly one of the funniest characters in the movie. I don't know how how well that will translate to the game though, but. I, I'm I'm really excited, and it's it's now making me want to go and buy Scott Pilgrim the game, even even though I never had it before, and even though I've I finished it, I think I need to buy it just to get this DLC. Well, that sounds good, yeah. mate. So I'm excited about that. What about you, mate? Nice one. Uh, my do want. Uh, I've got a bit tech this week. Have you seen anything of Microsoft Illumi Room? I haven't. Right. This this is a definite do want for. Uh, Techie people. So, obviously, Microsoft have brought out Kinect and stuff, and it's all about um, immersing you in the game, apparently, because you can use your movements and stuff. So, they're trying to take the immersion to the next level in the future with this uh, Illuma Room concept. And essentially what it is, is extending the boundaries of your telly. So, at the moment, you've got your 50-inch telly sat in the room, and the action stops at the edge of that 50 inches. But if uh, Microsoft's Illuma Room concept comes into play... Behind the TV, there'd be some sort of projection system, which then extends the like, peripheral vision of what you would be playing on the screen around the outside of the, your room. So uh, you feel more immersed in the environments and stuff. So say you're playing um, Call of Duty or something, you'll have the immediate action in the screen with your gun and all the usual things you have. And then around the TV and on the walls around your room, you'll have the environment that you're in. So it could be like a, a ruined street or whatever like that. Um, to to really bring you into the game and stuff, and it's it's really quite an interesting concept, mate. The only thing I would I would ask about this is if, if they've got the technology to do this, why not just cut out the middleman and not have a TV at all? I don't know the answer to that question, mate. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But uh... <laughs> I think um, I think you've got to get what there's been seventy five million Xboxes sold now, so you've got to get seventy five million people to ditch their TVs. That's probably the sticking point on this one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what what technology? How are they doing this? Is it like a, a separate projector? I don't know, mate. It's just concept at the moment. So they've probably got some projection system behind the, whatever screen well, they're well, using. Well, there's the thing in it. If they bring it out and it is a separate projector, then it's only going to be the people who are willing to pay for that anyway. And in which case, they could just turn off the TV. Do you know what I mean? I don't think those people would be that bothered. I don't know, mate, because then you've got to have a specific area in your room which is clear enough um, and the right colour, probably, to project the main action of the yeah, image Yeah, and then you've got a room like, like... You've got a house like mine, where it's quite a small house, quite a small living room, so 
I don't know how that would work. Plus, most of my living room is all windows. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know what's going to work for everyone, but I'd be interested to see how how it goes. Well, even if it's as much as um, have you ever seen those? I think they might have been Panasonic or Sony TVs that um, project different coloured light um, behind the TV. I think it's called um, what's it called? I can't remember what it's called. It's it's something like that, but it it does a sort of a mood lighting thing behind the TV and around the room. So it's quite a subtle thing. It's not as as like this where you can see any detail or whatever, but it's a, a subtle change in the, the tone of the light around the room, which gives you some more immersion into the film or whatever you're watching. So I think it's just a step forward from that rather than um, extending the screen, really. I don't, I don't want to need to say about it anyway, because I've not seen it. I don't, I don't know. Well, have a Google for it, mate. It's, it is only a concept thing and that, and a lot of these things come and go. But it's certainly um, something that really appealed to me, so uh, that's why it got my do one. Excellent, mate. Now, my do not want this month. Um, now, this is going to sound like a good thing. Grand Theft Auto Five has got a release date. So you you had your announcement of the announcement, and now the announcement's come. Yes. The release date's not when we thought it was going to be. Now, we were originally... So this was meant to be March, April, springtime, spring, something spring like Spring was what we were, told. we were told. It was coming out in spring. It's now been given an official release date of September the 17th. And That's two days after my birthday. Way good for you. You can you can play Grand Theft Auto after your birthday. <laughs> but it's not too much of an issue. If it's going to make the game better, then fair enough. I'm just gutted because I really want it right now. Yeah, there's a lot of talk, mate, about the um, people think it might be a launch um, title for the new consoles and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't think so. Personally, I, I doubt it. But it's just it's, it's probably more likely to be the swan song for this console, yes, isn't it? Yes, I'd, I'd imagine so. Um, I don't know, I mean, you had two different, I don't know, did you, you had three Grand Theft Auto games on the last console, it makes sense to have another one on this console, do you know what I mean, before they move on. And I think San yeah. Andreas was quite close to the end of the life of the PlayStation 2, was it not? I think so, yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense, but as I say, I'm just gutted because I want it right this second, I want to be playing it, I want to be running around, shooting people uh, in the face that don't deserve it. <laughs> you do know the good thing about the uh, delay though, don't What's you? That? It makes it 12 days before the end of the Eurashame challenge for people who can't buy games at the moment. Ooh, so you'll be able to buy it just after it finishes? Yeah, that'd be nice, yeah. wouldn't it? Excellent. And we can get it the multiplayer goodness that I'm sure... Oh, mate, it's got to have co-op though, isn't it? That's all I want from it is co-op. I don't know, I mean, we've seen from the, we've seen from the trailers that there's multiple protagonists and stuff like that. I don't know how it's going to work with co-op, but if anything, the multiplayer on Grand Theft Auto 4 was hilarious, and yes. just getting into that with a bunch of guys while it's while it's still relevant could be great. I've had a few people talking about this, obviously the, the talk about GTA has been going on, and uh, I know there was a few guys talking the other day on uh, Midlife Gamer forums about getting a bit on the uh, GTA 4 multiplayer and stuff, so that could be a thing to re- reignite. Yeah, that's, we've had some great fun in that, mate. Uh, Try to do some. Well, you've had some great fun rocket launching me whenever I'm trying to do anything. <laughs> I love, my personal favourite thing is sitting in a car with someone and just dropping the grenade down beside it while we've got it paused. <laughs> just telling yeah. you to run. <laughs> You're horrible, you I love griefing, mate. So, what about you, mate? Anything that you do not want? Well, I'm not sure whether this is a do not want or a sort of one. Mostly, probably a do not want, to be honest. Um, 
the new BlackBerry operating system has finally come out. They've been talking about it. Um, obviously, RIM had lots of problems and stuff, and they, they were talking about bringing the new BlackBerry operating system out for ages, and it didn't work out, and the company had problems. Um, there was an event last week, I think, where RIM changed their name. The company is now called BlackBerry, which I thought was long overdue. Um, so we now have another fruit-based phone manufacturer in the world. And, uh, yeah, they've brought out their new operating system and launched a couple of new phones with it, one of which I think is out now, which is the full touchscreen one. More of the same, really, iPhone-esque, and I'm sure there's going to be 500,000 patent claims going in. Um, all the patent trolls will be out. I think there's a new one of the classic-style Blackberries coming out with the, the physical keyboard and stuff, which is nice for 10-year-olds. Um I don't think anybody else uses Blackberries, do they? Apart Every from one of our walks got Blackberries. You work with 10-year-olds. I've explained to them a million times how easy it is to use an iPhone, but they all still persist in using Blackberries. Everyone's all into this stupid BBM as well, this Blackberry Messenger thing that doesn't even matter now that you've got WhatsApp. It doesn't matter now you've got WhatsApp or iMessage. Does it really? It used to be. It used to be a nice free messaging system. I know. Or just having credit really? in your phone. <laughs> you could do that. Well, that's why it appealed to ten-year-olds, wasn't it? Because all the ten-year-olds could BBM each other for free. Um, so I don't know. But BlackBerry have got some new phones out. It's a do not want for me, but it might be a want for other people. That's kind of why I mentioned it. You know, um, it could be interesting to see how this operating system works. I've not seen much of it at the moment. It looks pretty generic, and there's only so many things you can do with an operating system on a phone, I believe. But um, they've got a couple of little features like BlackBerry Peak, where you can peek across at your notifications, it's got a unified notification system like everybody else has. So, yeah, I think they're catching up now, BlackBerry, but um, it might be a little bit too late, I think. Do not want, do not care. Do <laughs> not want, do not care. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Um, that's it, really. The do not want section is done. Um, what are you fucking Sorry, doing? mate. I didn't know that was coming up over on the mic. It really was. Really Sorry, mate. Loud. Put it down now. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to talk about, mate, before we uh, bring this to a close? Also, can I give a little shout-out to the Geekwad podcast, which is a movie podcast where they, they focus on a specific movie each time and just go into, into depth about it. And if you listen to their recent 28 Days Later episode, uh, you'll find that I was actually a guest on there. So give that a listen, guys. So that's it, mate. Just remains to say, as always... You can get us anytime on the Twitters at console underscore ninjas. You're going to do your bit this yeah, week. You can find me at Willie on Twitter. Yeah, I'm at Jay Stokes on the Twitter. And our email address, as always, console ninjas podcast at gmail.com. And please fire us in with any question you want. Remember our policy of no question goes unanswered. No question is too stupid. <laughs> And also, actually, before we go, um, I wanted to say thank you to a couple of people for giving us some feedback. After the last episode came out, I had uh, Pain Junkie was on the Twitter saying how much he enjoyed the episode. And um, I think the the way the new format is going down with people, it's uh, proven really popular. And I think we're, we're keeping on the point with things. We're not waffling too much. And I think it's working quite well. So thanks for that, Phil. Also, we had Dashboxer telling us we've got a few problems with our audio. Um I think people need to remember that we're only really still a startup podcast. We're no professionals, mate. We're just two blokes who talk on a headset. Um, if we keep getting more popular and people keep downloading, then we can start talking about getting more um, decent audio kits to talk yes. on. But at the moment, 
unfortunately, we got a bit of crack and a bit of hit whistle, but that's what we do. And um, yeah, we can only apologise for that, really. Yeah. Just thanks for everyone who's persevered with it. Yeah. As long as the content outweighs the noise, mate, then I'm happy, to be honest with you. Yeah. Excellent. So, we'll see everyone next time. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, foreign in my cheese reviews. And remember, it's the Yellow Ninja. Cheers. Bye.